You're listening to Soul Crush, a podcast dedicated to spirituality, sexuality, and stories that soothe, inspire, and break the soul. Each full and new moon, we release an episode sharing stories of healing and shame and really unleashing and unlocking the potential that we all hold as humans to grow, to evolve, and to serve the world with more love and Welcome back to Soul Crush. Today I'll be having a really inspiring conversation with my friend Jerome Braggs. Um, Before I get into who Jerome is, I wanted to say happy full moon, happy eclipse. Um, It's a full moon in Aquarius today. And I wanted to just say, you know, a lot of us are navigating, as always in my experience, but more and more we're being asked to really heal a lot of the things that have been under the surface. So just sending you lots of gentleness around that. And um, I wanted to read a little bit from Mystic Mama around this moon today. It says, during this powerful blood full moon lunar eclipse, when the light of the moon is veiled, we have to stay focused to see and understand what lives deep within us. Those parts of ourselves we locked away from our awareness that need to be seen and acknowledged. These parts might be gifts we developed in other lifetimes, old behavior patterns shaped by beliefs that no longer serve us, or lies we've told ourselves about who and what we are. It's time to figure things out, to see the root cause of our trauma and to heal it through the trine to Chiron and Aries, through a new understanding of who we really are. We can ground in the meaning and purpose of our life experience when we see ourselves clearly. The healing is for masculine energy in men, women, and the world. The divine feminine has been awake in the world since the 70s. It is time for the divine masculine to be birthed anew. Warrior, father, lover, and magician, these are the archetypal energies that need to be embraced and developed as the new masculine. Will men rise to the occasion? Some of you have. Hopefully, you will help others who are ready. This means women have to do things differently as well, since we also have patterns of how we use our masculine energies that have been shaped by patriarchy. It is time for women to find our way of doing things, and many of us already have. Deep change is upon us, and we have a chance to work consciously with it. These cosmic alignments focus on what questions we need to be asking ourselves. How does masculine spirit want to be renewed and incarnated now? How do we deal with Mars's shadow of aggression, anger, and competition? What is bravery? How do we change our way of doing things? How can we shape something different by how we act in the world? So... Um, just as Aquarius rules the round table of collaboration, um, it demands that we look at how we betray our beliefs when we don't have the integrity to act on them. We are all being tested. Trust your inner spirit. Don't fear the changes. We have to go through, we don't have to go through anything alone. Find your tribe. Where's your tribe? Don't be afraid to ask for help. We don't have to go through things alone now. There's a new way to solve old problems, help each other. So that's by Kathy Pagano um, from the Mystic Mama uh, website. And I just wanted to share a little bit of that today because there's a lot of, you know, really intense energies and and this podcast today hopefully will um, offer you some, some solace and some refuge and Jerome and I get really into some juicy basic truths and he has so much wisdom and medicine to share and I'm just super stoked to to be here with you and to be sharing this and really sharing what I feel like we all need right now which is this reminder of um, and this coming home back to our innate innocence um, and really delving into the purpose of healing um, as a way to invite us into what Jerome calls a more delicious way of living. Um, 
that is uh, a life based on ease, freedom, well-being, and, and love. So I'll, I'll give you Jerome's bio and then we'll get into it. Jerome Braggs, affectionately known as the Soul Medicine Man, is a gifted energy intuitive, channel, healer, transformational speaker, and spiritual teacher. In 2005, Jerome was diagnosed with AIDS and kidney failure, then given 48 hours to live. On his deathbed, Jerome had a mystical experience where he met his own soul and was told the keys to total healing and well-being. Truly love yourself and align with the soul. That experience has led him to an awakening journey where he learned how to truly love himself and align with the consciousness and vibration of his soul, which resulted in the miraculous healing of his body and the transformation of his entire life into something delicious and flourishing. Today, Jerome uses his intuitive abilities and the sacred wisdom gained through his journey to teach people around the world how to heal, live well, and flourish through the miraculous power of the soul medicines. Intuitively guided in the moment, Jerome's messages are revolutionary and delivered with a big dose of love, laughter, and soul. And that is definitely my experience of Jerome. So enjoy this episode. Give us a rating on iTunes. Send me feedback. Reach out if you need any support. I'm here and I'm just so grateful and I'm really humbled to be able to share all of these amazing teachers and all the wisdom that I feel so fortunate to have um, as tools and as guidance on my own path and journey. And thank you for, for being here. Welcome back to Soul Crush. Today, my soul crush is the soul medicine man, Jerome Braggs. Hi, Jerome. Hi. I want to share... Um, I want to start this episode by just having us close our eyes together just for a moment. Okay. So if you're listening and you're not driving, you're welcome to close your eyes. So Jerome and I will just close our eyes together and take a deeper breath. And just open up this space to be a really healing and welcoming and loving vortex asking for any guides and any angels or any unseen forces of grace to flow through this session, this time together. Awesome. You can let your eyes come open. So I'm so excited to talk to you and to connect with you. Um, I don't know Jerome that well other than through social media and through a mutual friend of ours, Sasha Allenby. And Sasha at some point was like, you have to connect with, you have to check out Jerome and his work. And, um, and as soon as I did, I really just resonated so much with your approach being um, being an approach from what I understand, I haven't had any sessions with you, so I can't fully understand, but from what I gather from your offering is an approach of healing through soul alignment. And so the first thing I want to ask you is, you know, one of the things that you say is that, you know, truly healing your body and living a life that is really flourishing, um, comes from getting in vibrational alignment with our soul. Yeah. So how does one get into vibrational alignment um, with that deep sense of, you know, who we truly are? Yeah, um, it's, that's a really great question and it's a packed question. <laughs> so the first, first thing I would say is to understand what the soul really is. And what I mean by getting in alignment is really coming back home to your innocence. And that is the truth that you knew about yourself and how you felt about yourself before you received any type of offense. So that's literally what innocence is. It's, who, it's mm. the part of you that, that, that exists before the offense happens. Mm. And so what I learned in my own healing journey is that when we come into this lifetime, when we incarnate here, there are, there are 
three basic, really core basic truths that we know about ourselves. And those truths are that, that we are a wholly good thing, which means there's nothing wrong with us. There's no, no part of our bodies, no part of our personalities or our identities, nothing about who we are. There's nothing wrong with us. So we are a wholly good thing. That's the first thing we know. The second thing that we know when we come in here, that this world is a safe and a good thing to be inside of. It is a safe and a good place to be, especially safe and good to be all of ourselves within, right? Mm -hmm. So we can bring all of ourselves into that. And the third thing that we know is that all of our needs will be met. Mm -hmm. That the universe will literally, is literally, this is an ask and it's given universe, so that whatever we want and whatever we desire, it is given, it will be met. And so you can see this usually in most babies who haven't been traumatized in the womb. That's another conversation, but mm -hmm. you can see that in most kids that come, they are full of joy because they understand this world is a good thing to be in. They um, do, they're not judging themselves. They're not criticizing themselves. They're not ashamed or hiding themselves in there. They're just being all of their beings, which is why we love them, right? They're vibrating in this space of being wholly good and enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and they don't, the, the baby does not think the mother's milk is going to be withheld from it, mm. you know, that it knows that, or that it won't be cuddled, right? If it wants to be cuddled, the baby knows that its needs are going to be met. Mm. So we have these, these are aspects of the soul that, that the soul knows all of our needs will be met. Mm. All of our being is unconditionally and wholly enough and good and that this world is safe and we are safe to be in it. And it's a good and fun place to be right what ends up happening though is somehow in our childhood is usually before five years old and this is actually part of the human experience it's actually each part each soul that incarnates here understands this is going to be a part of it so what ends up happening is you either get traumatized or socialized out of the understanding of that and when it when you get traumatized, which basically is is not necessarily the event that happens to you, is how that event makes you feel about yourself. Mm. So when you get traumatized or socialized out of that understanding, so you start to believe that you're not wholly good, mm. that you're something is wrong with you and you're not enough. Mm. You start to believe that you're not safe some type of way, that this that you're not safe to fully be yourself in this world is a threat to your being somehow. Mm -hmm. And then you also start to believe that your needs won't get met. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you develop a story. You start to create a story and it's a fear and shame based story about yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and you tell yourself that story and it's based upon what you now believe about yourself, right? The truth that you hold about yourself and how the world works. So this is the story about, the, and it's based on shame and fear about who you are and how the world works. And it does two things. This story does two things. The first thing it does is it makes you rearrange yourself somehow. Mm. And, it, and it rearranges how you show up in the world. So you disconnect from like who you truly are and you start to be based upon this i'm not enough i'm not safe and my needs aren't going to be met so you start to rearrange yourself to try and fix yourself some type of way mm -hmm. to to get to be enough or try to hide or compartmentalize some aspect of yourself mm -hmm. so that they won't find out and reject you right that you're not they won't find out something's wrong with you and they won't reject you or you try to protect yourself, right? You show up in ways to try to protect yourself from the world around you. You shield yourself from the world around you. And what that really does is it keeps you from being present. You're never really present because all of you, you don't ever give yourself permission to let all of you exist in any given space at any given time. So that's the first thing that happens. The second thing that happens is it rewrites the chemistry of your body. Because your innocence is what your body was created to house. Mm. Your body is literally created to house your soul. Mm. But once you start to have that story running, what ends up happening is parts of your soul disconnect from the body. Mm. And the body's chemistry doesn't run like it, like it was intended to run. Mm. So that's where the illnesses and the diseases start to happen because the chemistry of the body is different. 
and the dysfunctions and disorders happen because the story you're running is not a divine story anymore. It's a fear and a shame-based story. Mm. And so the alignment work is really about aligning us back with our innocence, what we knew when we came here and how we felt about ourselves when we came here. Mm. And you get, and that's what wholeness is. That's what high vibration really is. It's not just drinking green juice or going to the yoga class mm -hmm. or getting out in the sun and putting your feet in the grass. Those things are temporary fixes of vibration. They only have temporary results. Mm -hmm. But the real high vibrational stuff is getting back going back home to the truth of who you really are and the vibration of who you really are. And so that you can tell a healthier story. Mm. <sighs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, in my experience, the practices that I do around you know getting my feet in the grass being in nature chanting meditation they're almost space holders for mm -hmm. that wholeness yeah that is alive and well you know um when i'm not caught in the grip of you know my story uh, whatever that story may be yeah um, those things are I love that you said space holder because what they are, meditation and yoga and time in nature and putting your feet in the grass, what they help you do are they are literally reminders mm -hmm. for how the real you feels because they put you at ease and they mm -hmm. help you relax. Mm -hmm. And the innocent aspect of you is a relaxed and an at ease being, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so when you're in those spaces, it re it's reminding you of how you feel. Mm. But the issue that happens is if you have not done the work to reconnect to that, the aspects in your consciousness, like in your belief system about yourself, mm -hmm. then those things are temporary. Mm. Then once you come out, and they're conditional. Mm -hmm. So when you come out of nature, yeah. And when you come out of the, the yoga mat and out mm -hmm. of the meditation mat, you're back in the chaos and you're mm -hmm. back in the stress and the mm -hmm. overwhelm and the shame mm -hmm. because that it, those things don't change your story. Mm -hmm. They change the they change the feeling in the moment. Mm -hmm. but they don't change the story, mm -hmm. but they are very helpful. Right. Mm -hmm. So you need them so that you can remember how you really are supposed to feel. Mm -hmm. But 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 they are not the they are not the substitute, um, and they're not the real work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the real work is death. In my experience, the real work is death to those stories, yes. and that doesn't always feel good. <laughs> well, it's so, how you, you know. Yeah, it's how you were. It's how you were trained to move through the world. And it's how you trained yourself to understand. Um, you begin to identify with that. So there becomes there. There's and it's very understandable because you, the trauma or the socialization that happened gave you a reason to believe that you're not safe in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And that there's something. And so this story arises to try and protect you, and the behaviors that arise try to protect you from the threat that you think is out there or the whatever you've been manifesting because your the your life experience gets manifested from that story mm. so your your life experience is only being manifested through you nothing on your out, outside of you is manifesting your life at all mm. but it's through you so the story you start to tell shapes this world it shapes everything that comes the relationships you have the people that come how they behave when they come the experiences that come so it's it's about it's about changing this story right but understanding that the story arose because something happened that you didn't have as a child the capacity to say no to or to un or to withhold from yourself and it made you feel unsafe and unenough. And so this story rolls up to protect mm -hmm. that wounded part of you, mm. right? Yeah. And you've just identified with that and built an identity around that. Mm. Um, and the healing aspect is to now say, I no longer need that. 
Mm-hmm. I don't need to be protected in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I no longer believe in this threat anymore or this not enoughness or whatever this shameful thing is. Right. But not to, again, it's the full compassionate space because it only came yeah. to try and protect and totally. try to serve you because you felt threatened and not enough. And it rolls up to say, okay, we're going to protect this part of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all is so innocent in a way because... And it just, when it starts to become something that is binding us, you know, I mean, at some point it's serving, right? Like exactly what you're saying, all of these things and any relationship even, you know, it's, it is serving and, or at least matching and needing, you know, where, where we are. And, and so I love that you said that about the compassion piece. And as you were sharing it, I was just feeling how actually innocent, like I was having the experience of parts of myself that I normally can get really angry with at times or just feel hopeless with like, Oh my gosh, you know, the layers of the onion are coming off, but it's the same wound. Like there's one wound, you know, and it just keeps bumping into it again and again. But when you were just sharing, I had this whole new feeling of just the innocence of that, of, of those conditioned ways that really, like you're saying, we're formed to protect at some point. And then at some point as we grow and as we, awaken more and more it feels like that you know those things then become what are between us and and the soul in a way and i loved the connection you made between innocence and ease like there that is like such a beautiful beautiful connection yeah there's ease comes when you know when you fully know and, and you know in your consciousness and you embody in your vibration it's really the vibration lives in the body mm-hmm. so when you when you have those elements that you know that you are enough unconditionally and that there is nothing to fear here mm. th- that mm-hmm. is a total relaxation of the entire being mm. and the only time we are not at ease is really when we believe something is wrong with us mm-hmm. and we're not safe. Mm-hmm. You know, and that also when our needs won't be back, because that's when we get into overwhelming control, mm-hmm. um, when we believe our, our needs will not be met some type of way. Mm-hmm. But that's really what's going on. And that's why the, the, the most healing work you can do is loving of yourself. Because when you, when you think of these aspects as, as enemies or something being wrong with you, then you're still at war with yourself Mm -hmm. when you see it from a compassionate when you really start to see and this is when i work with people who have illness and disease this is exactly what i learned from my own healing journey when you start to see that it was just somehow the body or the personality trying to protect Mm -hmm. and trying to serve Mm -hmm. in a most loving way Mm -hmm. then you that it's 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 such a, a, a area of kind of letting go and really deep compassion and saying, oh, oh my, I'm, I, I am so grateful. Mm-hmm. And now I know I no longer need that. Like prime example, I was talking with a, uh, a friend and a client today actually. Um, and they had issues, they have an issue with their voice. Their voice mm-hmm. doesn't, um, it goes in and out and it doesn't ever sound like a strong stream. Mm-hmm. And as we were working on that, um, so I was helping them heal that, I was really helping them be compassionate. I said, okay, so let's look at, mm-hmm. you know, what, how has this effect? What do you, what, what's the major challenge in your life? Because the, the disease or illness it's the healing and the challenge is always right there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what has been the major challenge that you've had? Like what's the biggest fear that mm-hmm. you've been having in your life? And it was, it was around speaking up for themselves mm-hmm. and asking for what they really needed, mm-hmm. right? What mm-hmm. they really wanted in their life. And then I said, okay, so let's look at when you were a kid, did you have space to speak up? for what you really wanted and what happened if you said no or you said you really wanted that and that wasn't what your caregivers were wanting you to do what happened and there was a lot of punishment and shame mm-hmm. around that mm-hmm. and so what we what we saw as i helped this person look at this was so imagine your body who loves you unconditionally and is mm-hmm. absolutely here to serve you imagine the message it's getting from you as a child that speaking up for myself out loud 
and asking for what I want is dangerous and it gets me punished and it gets me shame. Mm -hmm. So how loving of your body to suppress your voice so that you don't sound too loud so that you won't be attacked. Mm-hmm. And so all you have to do to heal that now is to really understand that it's safe to speak up, that mm-hmm. you will not be attacked mm-hmm. and that your body doesn't have to protect you like that anymore. Yeah. And, and living through that experience of then sharing the voice and I can, I mean, I've gone through so much of that. That's been a main huge piece in my, mm. my healing journey. And then in the work that I do with people with, with chanting too, because it's, it's this experience of then uh, the healing comes. I mean, it's interesting because for me, when I work with people with the voice, when I listen to somebody, I listen for their soul. I listen mm-hmm. for the vibration that's inside of what they're saying especially yeah. when I'm working. I mean, it'd be nice if I did that all the time. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, hmm, maybe I should do that all the time. My life would probably really enhance. <laughs> but as I'm working and, you know, because I don't ever hear someone's voice and think, oh, they're, vo-, you know, I just feel, mm-hmm. I feel it. It's it, yeah. because it's, it's something that I can relate to at, from going from being very mute. I mean, I was mute at one point, mm-hmm. like in college was unable to speak in front of anybody. I mean, and and, uh, I love how you connected it to shame because, you know, and part of the space I love and want to, and want to use as this, this podcast to help us all heal is the connection and explore the connection between shame, sexuality also, Mm -hmm. um, and the voice, because I don't even fully understand it. And I know some, you know, sometimes then I read things that other people have explained. I'm like, oh yes, you know, but for me, there's just such deep and strong connections. And like you said, it always is going to stem back to something we've experienced as a child, whether it was yeah, punishment for using our voice or just being around siblings that were just louder. And we just like, didn't feel like we were ever heard or this other really interesting piece that I also wanted to, um, explore with you is this connection to sexuality mm-hmm. and um, the, the disconnect that can happen when we have shame around our sexuality somehow really mirrors the disconnect of our, our voices and our, our willingness to be vulnerable and be seen and be heard. There's something in that. So if you have anything yeah. in that, I'd love to hear your perspective. Yeah. So both of those aspects were part of my uh, my trauma and my wounding, and they were the keys to the healing of my body from two incurable diseases. So I know this journey very well. Mm. <laughs> um, so I'll tell you, just tell you a little bit about that for me Great. and how it arose and, and how it healed, you know? Mm. So when doctors gave me 48 hours to live and I had my, you know, my near death experience in 2005, um, what I was told was that the key to true healing was to come back to yourself. Now, I didn't understand what that meant. Like we've talked about that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That took me years to, to a ye- multi-year journey to come to what that actually was. Mm-hmm. But during that process of um, understanding that and healing that, what I had to, what I realized were at the core of the diseases that I had were the feelings of shame Mm. and the fear of being myself in the world. And Mm. one of the aspects of where that came from was when I was, especially speaking up and and using my voice. Uh, One aspect of that was um, when I was a kid, when I was very young, I had a very high voice Mm. and I was often mistaken for a girl. Mm. And whenever I would answer my mother's telephone and they would ask to speak to my mother, um, I would say, you know, okay. And back then you have the rotary phone. So you had to hold it and make mm-hmm. sure the other person got the phone before you could take it up. Like you, it wasn't, you couldn't take it into the other room or anything. You had to sit there and wait for the other person to get the phone. Mm-hmm. And I would always hear the people on the other line saying, oh my God, I thought she had a son. That's mm-hmm. a little girl. Mm-hmm. And what that made me feel was that there was something wrong with my voice. Mm. And so um, how that showed up and how it manifested in the world was I had a very hard time speaking up 
And even though I had wisdom, I had, you know, of my intuitive gifts and things open very young, but I would never speak up about it in public, especially if it was, um, uh, if it was not the popular opinion in the room, Mm -hmm. um, I was very afraid. And the other part of that, I'm also a singer. Mm. And when I used to sing, if before I used to get, and I didn't understand this for a while until I got this piece. Um, when I used to sing, my entire body used to go ice cold mm. within like 10 seconds before it was my turn to sing. And what the core of that was, I was ashamed they were going to hear my voice and that mm. something they were going to find something was wrong with it. Mm. And even though people would say, you know, people paid money to hear me sing, people would cry when they've heard mm. me sing. Um, mm. I, you know, a peep, I, it's one of the, the aspects of many talents that people, you know, most praise, pro, most praise me and come to me for. Mm. Um, but I had issues with it for years yeah. and it yeah. wasn't until I realized that this is what's the core of it, that I was, at, when I was young, you know, it's usually, your wound usually comes in before you're about seven years old, mm-hmm. right? So that's when the wound usually comes in. Mm-hmm. So the wound was, I believe something was wrong with my voice and that it made me not wholly good. Mm-hmm. And again, when you have that story running, what ends up happening is the rearranging part you have is you suppress it somehow. Mm-hmm. So either you will suppress it by not sharing it out loud or your body will do it for you by mm-hmm. manifesting some type of um, disease or illness in your mm-hmm. voice to suppress it so that you're not you know, done. The mm-hmm. other part was when I was five years old, I realized I was same gender loving. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I realized that there was just an energy, a sense in, in the room that that was not okay. Mm-hmm. And that was not gonna be okay. And so I hid that for for many and that's so one of the things is the defense and a protection device so if you think there's something wrong with you in order to protect yourself you you're you will go into some type of protection mechanism and so mm-hmm. my protection mechanism was to hide and also to camouflage myself mm-hmm. right to try to be something so just yeah. we're animals and so we have the same yeah. type of animal defense like the chameleon when the chameleon scared yeah. It hides. It, it which makes a great healer. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> which makes a, which does, if any of you are listening and you're in that phase where you're like, you know, you have that experience of just really not feeling totally sure of who you are, but feeling like you really do blend in to the people, the relationships, the places that you go and that you enter, you know, it really does make for, for a powerful healer, I feel, because then when we start identifying with these other things, like you're sharing, you know, that shift. And once we then come really into this experience of who we truly are, that ability to merge with another and to merge in a space, but also holding your own alignment and your own vibration is very, I mean, that to me is healing. That to me is what actually helps others heal is like we stay in that space and then invite and welcome in, you know, the environment, the experience, the person into that. And then they start to learn what it is for them. Well, whatever your wound is, right. Mm. Whatever that wound is and wherever it is, you know, there's many different places that lead to this. Like they'll say, wherever the crack is, is where the light comes through or all Mm -hmm. of that. But really when you heal, when you do the work of healing the wound, it is literally becomes your medicine Mm -hmm. and not the medicine that heals you. It's the medicine Mm -hmm. that you now have in your hand that you Mm -hmm. serve to others that helps heal them. Mm -hmm. And so people come to me from all over the world because of my voice now, Mm -hmm. right? They've, they, they listen to my, you know, my YouTube stuff. When I had a radio show, it's the Mm -hmm. thing that I get a lot of compliments on and not just my singing voice, but my, my speaking voice, right? Yeah. And my message that I hid for so long mm-hmm. is the thing that brings people to them. Mm-hmm. The same thing with my being and my sexuality and all of that. Mm-hmm. It is literally a medicine now. It is mm-hmm. not just something that happened that is put in a backpack or put in a shelf that I forget. Mm-hmm. It literally becomes the foundation for which your entire being stands on. Mm-hmm. And that's the blessing of and the, one of the reasons why the wound happens in the first place, because mm. it's the catapult into the expression of your divinity on the planet. 
Absolutely. So my divinity is expressed through how I speak and the message that I share with my voice mm -hmm. and also through my presence and how I hold my being and I mm -hmm. accept it and I love it in public spaces, right? That alone gives mm -hmm. people permission. Mm -hmm. So that is like whatever you're dealing with, whoever's listening to this or whatever, whatever the wound is, is not something that you should be ashamed of. It's literally the vessel that showed up to help you express your divinity in the world. Mm -hmm. But in order to be able to do that, to get it out there in the greatest way, and just so beautifully, like you said, whatever it is, and however you, you learn skill sets through your, through your, you know, your wounding, you, you have all of these things that when you do the work of reconnection and coming back home to yourself, all of that gets kind of transmuted into the platform for your highest expression mm. to come through. And that's where your most delicious living comes from. Mm. Delicious living. Mm. Let's talk about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this life is supposed to be delicious. It's supposed to taste good and mm. feel good to you. Mm. That is, it is not just something on a bumper sticker or something that somebody puts on a Facebook post. Mm. That is literally your soul's intention for your life. No matter who you are, what your gender is, what your sexuality is, what your color is, what your personality is, mm. what region you are in. You came here with the understanding that life is supposed to taste good and it's mm. supposed to feel good. And if it's not, it's not that something is wrong with you or that you're doing something wrong. It's just an imitation to heal. It means that you've had traumatization or socialization mm -hmm. that's disconnected you from your divine truths. Mm. And now it's time to get those back in how you believe mm. and how you feel about yourself. But this life is supposed to be fun. That's really the purpose mm. of it. It's mm. supposed to be joyous. It's supposed to make you feel expanded. Mm. You're supposed to have a good time. You're supposed to experience pleasure. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to feel good, but especially feel good about yourself. Mm. And that's what's delicious. That's when it. That's when your life feels like it's dripping down your chin and it's staining mm. your t-shirt, and that every like a day. Good peach. And it's a good. It's like a good <laughs> peach. Like you can't wait to bite into it every morning. It doesn't mean that <clears throat> there won't be any challenges that arise, mm -hmm. but they're not the predominant aspect of your experience. Mm -hmm. And that even during the challenge, there is this this current of joy that runs through it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's what happens when you fully and truly heal. Well, when, when it, what I call healing, by the way, what I've really determined what healing is, is it's reconnecting. It's mm -hmm. reconnecting to the truth and the vibration of who you really are. Mm -hmm. And that looks, that looks differently for everybody because there's mm -hmm. many modalities you can take to get there. Mm -hmm. but that's what healing is. And the purpose of healing, the whole purpose of it is to reconnect you to delicious living. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. That's such a like that's such a good invitation because so many of us can feel like oh well when am I going to be done with that you know and then to consider that it's an ongoing process then can be like a torment you know at times when you're just wait 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 this isn't gonna end this you know and but at some point it does feel like it it does lean over into the the direction and at least i know this and remember this the most when i am serving which i think is mm -hmm. the power of being of service is that no like we get to keep doing it and and we get to keep reconnecting and, and life continues to get better mm -hmm. with each reconnection mm. i love that yeah and 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 then in moments i wanted to ask you about when we're in moments of um, loss and sacrifice, you know, as we're reconnecting, like you're saying, I often find for myself and everyone I work with is there is always a sacrifice and there is always, I mean, and in life, there's always loss. I mean, it's a part of life. And, and whether we're talking about this inner journey that you and I are speaking to, but it's also reflective and oftentimes instigated in our outer life, you know, relationships, deaths of loved ones, um, things that just actually we have no control over them changing. And so would you speak to anybody who, speak a little bit to anybody who is in a moment of, 
of loss or of the feeling of really stepping inside of their their power to to move out of a situation that they know is going to be more in alignment and and the courage that 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 takes mm. yeah so on my journey there were many 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 <laughs> many, <laughs> many mm-hmm. um and many periods of grieving and here's what mm-hmm. i've come to understand you know not just in my journey but i've i've helped hundreds, maybe thousands of people by now heal themselves, um, not just their bodies, but their lives. And so what I've learned through that, all of that is this, there, you will be asked to give something up. Mm-hmm. And, but here's something to understand. So I do not kid people. I always, when people come to me and they ask me to work with me, um, the first thing I ask them is, are you really ready for everything to change and to and the possibility that you may lose everything because the true healing and deep transformation work may ask that it's going to ask definitely that you give something it may sometimes it's everything i had to give everything up um but here's what i know everything that you give up that you are being asked to give up or if you feel like it's being taken from you right Everything in the healing process, when you are doing the real reconnection work, everything that is being given up is always something that was created from the story that is not you. Mm-hmm. And those things you give up, you will find out later. You, do, you may not find it in the meantime. Sometimes you do have the, the, the awareness that you can see it in the meantime, but mostly as you find out afterwards that you are so damn grateful that you gave that up Mm -hmm. because what it made space for was even greater than you could have even imagined Mm. yeah now there is grieving because Mm -hmm. there are parts of yourself that again when you're in that story you have a vision for your life and you have an you have an identity of who you think you are and there's a grieving that has to happen. It is totally okay. And you have to give yourself space to grieve the end of that person mm-hmm. and the end of that life that you thought you were supposed to live. Maybe it was with this relationship or with this partner or with this mm-hmm. job, or maybe you had an illness and now you have scars on your body mm-hmm. and your body no longer looks like, like myself. I have a lot of scars on my body. Mm-hmm. My body no longer looks like what I thought it was always going to look like. Mm-hmm. And so there's a grieving because what grieving is, is a loss. There's something that was in my life mm-hmm. that is no longer here. And I miss the presence of it. And that mm-hmm. is okay to mm-hmm. do that. But what's not okay is to say, I am diminished because this is no longer here. Mm. I am less than, because you're, you're serving that story that's being asked to leave that says something's wrong with you and that mm-hmm. you're not wholly good and holy enough. Mm. And so holy good and holy enough means whether you have this thing or you don't have it, mm-hmm. whether you look this way or you don't look this way, mm-hmm. right? And so your soul is going to ask you to get, it's going, whatever you're determining, whatever condition you've placed on your life, this is really the thing that you're going to be asked to give up. Mm -hmm. Whatever the conditions are that you've placed, right? So I'm only enough if I have money. I'm only enough if I look a certain way. I'm only enough if this person is in my life. I'm only enough if I have these degrees. Whatever usually is you're using that condition to say you're enough instead of saying I'm good unconditionally, mm-hmm. whatever that condition is, you're going to be asked to give it up. And you're being asked to give it up so you can come back to the realization that you are unconditionally enough, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And when you get that, everything gets added onto your life tenfold, more than you could have even imagined. And now it meets your true self. So what truly makes you happy, what truly makes you healthy, what truly gives you a sense of freedom, mm-hmm. instead of these things that often you thought they were you, but they, they felt like bondage, mm-hmm. you never really felt like you could fully express yourself, yeah. or you were overwhelmed or stressed out trying to keep that, that thing going in your life. 
now you have a life that's based on ease and freedom and well-being and joy and love and everything that gets attracted and manifested from that supports and nourishes that instead of the things that were being created by not feeling enough Mm-hmm. and not feeling safe mm-hmm. and not feeling like your needs were met because those things never ever really give you a sense of ease or lovability mm-hmm. or freedom and so that's that's the thing to understand we definitely are going to be asked to give up that's yeah. kind of the sacrifice but it's that yeah. thing you're holding on to that says i'm not enough without this mm-hmm. And you give that up. It may be a house. It may yeah. be a job. It may be a family. It may be mm-hmm. whatever that is. You're going to have to, you, you will hand that over. Mm-hmm. And then your soul, once you hand that over and you go through the journey of healing, your soul hands you this like three hands full back of stuff and says, mm-hmm. look at all this that's waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, I could have never even imagined it could be that. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like the universe tests us? Because I feel... I'm, I'm totally on board with what you're saying. And I, I feel deeply from my own experience, a lot of what you're saying is true. And I've come to these moments where I thought, you know, I was in that space. <laughs> and then, you know, love shows up at the door. And it, you know, like, I'll give a very concrete example of, you know, a lot of my journey is about not putting my worth and value in the hands of a man and a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's like sums it all up in a nutshell. So my journey with that has been very intense and I've spent time alone. I've, you know, done the journey of codependence and I've done like to the point where it almost killed me when it ended legitimately, like mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts at the end of it mm-hmm. and emerged from the ashes like the phoenix, you know, and, and, <laughs> and then spent time alone and I've had these deep, beautiful experiences of, of what I like to call radical aloneness, that mm-hmm. what we're talking about, that my worth and my value and my everything juiciness is not my love is not dependent on whether or not it's being matched or met in a relationship. And I find like I I get tested with that. And like, I've been tested with that. And with each ending of relationship, I have not, I've yet to go back to that, that deepest, darkest place that I had gone some year, few years ago, because I'm not sure that I, I I don't want to make any claims, but I feel like that was a really like deep, deep, deep moment of healing and transformation and of aloneness that I, I literally felt like I survived. And all of my medicine that I give now is from that moment of that dark night of the soul moment. And like I said, do you feel like the universe tests us with our, the thing, whatever our personal thing is around, you know, our, our wound and then that becoming our gift. And what is your experience of being tested with that? Yeah. So I don't believe in tests. Good. Universal tests. <laughs> and let me say why. Um, because I have, uh, not just through my own near-death experience, but through my, my intuitive gifts as a channel and the medium, I have been, I have seen with my eyes and felt in my whole being the essence of who we really are. And so what I know is that you are the all that is. So what people call source or God or whatever, you are that. And so there's nothing that needs to learn. So there's not in the aspect of a test, meaning, and there's also nothing that that needs to prove to anyone. Mm-hmm. So in the very definition of what a test is, that you're trying to prove something and you're trying to learn something, mm-hmm. that that aspect it doesn't have anything to learn to prove or learn. What you will get is invited to deepen the expression of who you really are on the planet. Mm. Now you will get that. So you will get an invitation that comes. And, and this is what free will is all about. You can choose whether or not to express yourself through this mm-hmm. experience or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But the juice comes when you do and you came for the juice. So you're going to get another invitation to mm-hmm. do that so that you can have the juice. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But it's not a test. It's an invitation to say in this experience, will you express mm. 
the truth of your being here mm-hmm. and to have the juiciness of life that comes mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And the West only, and all that's happening is you because that's what you want. So life is really saying, here's another invitation to experience what you really want. Mm-hmm. And it's so just not always me. what you think you want in the moment. <clears throat> it's not because again, the elements of the story, right? So mm-hmm. you always have, a, you have a small piece of a story that mm-hmm. runs, mm-hmm. right? And so it may say this, right, mm-hmm. is what you want. And again, the soul knows exactly what you want. And it hears everything that will really make you blissed out. Mm-hmm. And it says, here's an opportunity. Here's an invitation mm-hmm. for you to experience that bliss. Mm-hmm. Or here's an opportunity for you to mirror the places where you're keeping yourself from it. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah. it's not the it's not a test because there's nothing outside of you looking at you wanting wanting to see whether or not you're worthy of this adoration mm. or to pass to the next level. Right. There's nothing outside of you that's doing that. Mm. There's only you and you saying, I want to live a delicious life. Mm. And in order for me to do that, sometimes I've got to be aware of the spaces I'm keeping myself from that. Mm. Ah, Delicious life. (laughs) I really love your language. Mm, (laughs) I'm fully absorbing it. (laughs) Or as fully as I can. Thank you. Who is one of your soul crushes? Oh, mm. um, right now. I, right now, I'd yeah. say I have three. Ooh, so, great. Um, one of my uh, my number one is probably Anita Morjani. We've we've both had near death experiences, and our learning is really alike mm. in that. Um, so I number one, mm. um, Dr. Gabor Mate is another one um, because of what he is putting out there around the body and healing the body and understanding basically kind of the stuff we've been talking about as well as where addictions come from. Mm. Um, I wish we had time to talk about that too. Yeah. <laughs> so next his, time. Yeah, next <laughs> but I'll check him out too. What's his name? Dr. Gabor, G-A-B-O-R, Mate, M-A-T-E. Cool. Um, and then the last one I would say, um, I'm going to put them two together. So they're a husband and wife couple. Uh, So Dr. Robert Holden and his wife, Holly Holden. Um, I love just who they're being in the world and also their messages and the work they do. Mm, The Holdens. Yeah, the Holdens. (laughs) I'm in love with them. (laughs) Amazing. I'll definitely check them out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you asked me soul crushes. I literally could talk for another 15, about 15 (laughs) minutes about it because I have a lot, but. Me too. That's why I started this podcast, (laughs) literally. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, so how can I make this something (laughs) that consumes my time other than me just totally swooning over people and and, and containing my enthusiasm for for other beings in this world? Because that's one of my passions is just is connecting to, to, I mean, to any being, um, and, you know, to really connecting to it's, it's like, it's, it saves me. It really saves my ass a lot, you know? So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your presence, your, your radiant, delicious life presence. It's very much appreciated and received, um, wholly and and gratefully. Mm, It is been a deep i'm sitting down so i can't like bow Mm. but i would probably bow and say thank you because Mm. it has been a deep 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 honor i've Mm. I've just enjoyed this and the place we went with this conversation has been juicy beautiful thank you so we'll close with a meditation a short you know five minute meditation are you feeling inspired to to lead it or would you like me to lead it? Mm, I'd actually, so I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, I, I want you to lead it, but I'm gonna lead with the question for, for people and us. Great, and then I'll, I'll kind of take over and do a little guiding. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. I love that. So what I'd like us to tune into is just what part of our innocence wants to be most expressed 
in our lives right now? Hmm. What part of our innocence wants to be most expressed in our lives right now? So wherever you are, as long as you're not driving, you can let your eyes close. Or if you're walking, you can also stay tuned in and do this as an open-eyed contemplative practice and, and prayer. But if you have the chance to sit and close your eyes, you can let your eyes come close. Will you just repeat the question again? What part of your innocence wants to be most expressed in your life right now? So if you're sitting, you can just start to let your body really relax. It's relaxing your eyebrows, your stomach, your legs. And just see what arises in your consciousness. Really just open, open yourself to just receiving a feeling. In response to what part of your innocence wants to be most expressed in your life right now. You can notice if any words arise, but also stay connected to your body. You could take a deeper breath into your heart And see if you can almost feel into the answer. And just trusting whatever arises as well. Even if you feel like your mind's making a typical answer up, that's what this process is, is all about. It's just tuning in to what's arising for you in this moment. And allowing yourself to receive that as your own wisdom as a connection to your soul's voice. You receive a, an answer, a feeling. See if you can keep coming back to what that is and imagining what it would be like to embody that. Maybe embody that in some sort of movement or how you would express that if you were totally free. You had no limitations and no inhibitions. What would that look like? What would that feel like? For this last moment, just feeling into that deep soul within you and feeling how connected we are on that level. Inviting you to enjoy the experience of just settling into your soul. knowing that you're perfect exactly as you are.
in this very moment. And if you let your eyes close, you can move your body a little bit. And when you feel ready, let your eyes come open. Mm. Sending you and everybody listening a really big hug. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you.